Max and Red Bull exert ultimate pressure on Mercedes and now they lead the championship. Heartbreak for Charlie again in his home race. And Carlando joined forces to give us an unexpected but welcome podium in Monte Carlo. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Jump to Start Racing podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Ruben, say hello. What's going on, guys? Yancy. Hey. I like your energy today. Yancy, I have a question. Yeah. What's wrong with yours? No, no, no. Watching, watching, uh, how, how did you experience that uh, Monaco Grand Prix? Uh, mixed emotions, man. Because obviously I'm a Leclerc guy. Wait, wait, wait. What I really wanted to hear was who watched the Monaco Grand Prix or did the Monaco Grand Prix watch you? <laughs> oh, the <laughs> Monaco Grand Prix definitely watched me. Uh, yeah, I didn't see the whole race. I, I saw the highlights. The, was it the race in 30 on F1 TV? And uh, I heard the race while I was sleeping, <laughs> but... Yeah, cloud, it wasn't that much. On cloud nine. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I, I saw the counting start. sheep. Counting sheep. Yeah. I saw the best part of the race was the, which was the start, but then after that, it was just a snooze fest. Oh, I thought you were gonna mention the the, ch the tire change. No, I mean, well, you know what's crazy is that I woke up and the and like and that happened. Like no, no, I woke up like right after that happened. Like I woke up, and I'm like, what the hell happened? And I'm looking, I'm trying to see who's you know who's in what place or whatever. And I'm like, what happened to Botas? second what what's going on here and then i went back to sleep and then you fell back out <laughs> because no but they didn't the guy the crafty or, or martin brundle didn't mention who you know, what happened to uh, the, in those five minutes in, the, in those five minutes, that, those you came five minutes back. that i came back alive you know? oh <laughs> man and then that put you right back to sleep but yes before we get into the race let's talk about a little bit of news just one I guess piece of news just to kind of get into it, but uh, I don't know why it's back in the news. Daimler to lose full control over the Mercedes F1 team. If you guys recall, last year, the the team had kind of split up control of the Formula One racing team. 33% Toto Wolf, 33% Daimler group, group, which owns Mercedes, and 33% Ineos. So now, where's that 1% that was left? I think it's 33.3%. Ah. Uh, so it's evenly split out. Yes. So now it's it's said now, oh my God, Mercedes is not going to control the team. Big deal or no big deal? Uh, it just, Basically, the financial report came out and what they said was that those shares that Ineos bought said were still up for sale. So I guess the sale is not finalized. I don't know what's going on. They're waiting for Ruben's bid. Yeah, <laughs> for my bit. Ruben, come on, bro. You got to speed up the process. Sure. I can't even press a button right here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got to press buttons. All you got to do is shout out the hard, cold cash, my friend. What's that? Was it cold, hard cash? There you go. Uh, yeah, so the sale hasn't been finalized. So there's obviously going to be speculation as to if Mercedes is going to, or Daimler is going to be owner of that team. I mean, the team is still going to go on. They have they they agreed to the Concord agreement. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We we, we there. So for we, sure, we have a couple of more years with them. 
Uh, Mercedes will be there. That team will be there. It's as, in some form. In some form, but we don't know what a duration. Obviously, you always have teams that have changed. It'll be Ineos. Ineos F1 team? I just happen to be wearing that hat today. You got oh, the hat? Yeah. Is that really the Ineos? It's the Ineos hat. Yeah, look. Oh, damn. Yeah. It oh, is. Nice. Okay. I'm part owned. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you saw it with Red Bull. Red Bull used to be Ford. Then it was Jaguar. Then it was Red Bull. Um, uh, Force India. Was Spike, I think it was Spiker before. Then it was, now it's Aston Martin. Now it's Aston Martin. So, I mean, I think the only team on the grid that has never changed their name is Ferrari. <laughs> okay. What are they going to change with Dino? <laughs> Enzo. <laughs> so big deal or no big deal? Nah, I don't think so. Unless something more serious comes in. It, it just seems, it, honestly, what that report seems, it was just reflecting on what was on the financial report. And it doesn't, it doesn't have any like hard news as to who's the ownership of the team. I think eventually when everything settles down, it'll be Enio's. 33.3%, Total Wolf 33.3%, and Daimler 33.3% until, until they decide to share, sell their shares. Okay. Nice place to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ruben, hit the drop. Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. My absolute favorite. Uh, what is the continuation of what he says after that? 30 years ago, Nicky Lauda <laughs> okay. once said... <laughs> Hey, monkey, you could drive. Monkey, you could drive. Did you memorize the whole thing? I watched it so many times. <laughs> I can't. On the spot, I can't do it. You can't do it on the spot? No. I'll tell you what, for our next trivia, if you can memorize the whole thing, you get two bonus points. Two bonus points? Whoa. That's a challenge I might have to take. There you go. Uh, all right. So, race by the way, weekend. that offer stands for the whole year. It's for the whole year, so oh, I could get two God. points every week. No, 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 no. <laughs> Whenever you want to use it. Whenever is that like a fastest lap? It. It's, like one, it's like a car, like a wild card. Like I want to use it now. Okay. Stories coming into the weekend. Nothing really major. Um, practices. We saw a crash. Uh, we saw... Uh, yeah, Nick, yeah, Nikita Masbin. No. No. Schumacher. Oh, Schumacher, yeah. The other house. Dude, you're, you're really up. He's out to get him. <laughs> <laughs> he actually did okay this weekend. Yeah, he did. So qualifying, we saw, well. Best part of the weekend. Yeah, the best part of the weekend, the Monaco Grand Prix. We saw um, Danny because Ricardo. Yes, he was awake for that. Yes, he he actually was. He was texting us. Danny Ricardo lost weekend, started, not started there, but kind of compounded there. Qualified 12th. What the heck is going on with this? Where we see, we see uh, Carlos Sainz. We see, oh, it's Carlos Sainz is doing just. Much better than both Sergio Perez and Daniel Ricciardo and Sebastian Vettel, but we just don't see the trouble. Like if you if you measure against the teammates, Daniel Ricciardo seems to be really behind the eight ball here, or let's, not behind the eight ball, but behind the curve. Let's look at. Is he just plain luck? I don't know. I let's don't look know. at those four drivers. You have Ricciardo, you have Vettel, you have Perez, and you Science. have Science. These are all drivers that have gone to new teams. And we're not even counting Alonso in this because Alonso's been out for two years. So, um, Who would have thought that Ricardo would have been the one that is taking the longer, the longest? Not I. To acclimate to the new team. I thought he would have acclimated the quickest, to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. Because he's 
changed teams so many times. You would have thought just uh, twice. Well, Science has. Science has also yeah. changed a lot more than that. But what Science has done anytime he has changed teams is that he actually moves to that country, like he moved to London or or near Woking. McLaren to Woking near near McLaren, and he was in the he was like in that factory every day, learning everything about the team. He moved to Maranello, and and even there was news reports that the Ferrari engineers kind of didn't know what to do with him because it was a surprise that he was so involved. But it was a good thing because obviously, it has paid off so far. So he's devoted. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, but he also saw who I thought was struggling the most out of those four drivers. Sebastian Vettel have an awesome weekend this this uh, this weekend, mm-hmm. and Ricardo is nowhere. And it's not one of those things where if you see his body language and you hear his his interviews, he even says it. He just he can't explain it. He doesn't know what it is. It's not it's not that he's I guess he's not getting used to the car, but. He's still perplexed. He was still, he said after qualifying, there's no way I can be one second behind because he thought he put in a good lap. Behind Lando Norris? Yeah, behind Lando Norris, yeah. I don't don't think he was a second, but he was close. He was like 0.6, I believe. So So is he like struggling to find the honey badger or something? What is it? I don't know, man. It just is, mojo. he doesn't have a confidence, and we all know when drivers don't have confidence in what they're doing, they I mean, struggle did, even more. He did pretty good in Barcelona, so that was that, that's what I thought was the the, the the turning curve for him, because of his result in Barcelona. I thought he was gonna do, you know just keep escalating this weekend, yeah, but he man, just I fell back again. Didn't. I don't know. I mean, that's like that's what I say. It's just plain luck. Like, you see, he has not been able to. He was not able to put a clean lap. Is the thing, how can we comment on that when he doesn't even know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. he doesn't even have an explanation. He is perplexed right now. And hopefully he can bounce back in Baku. But I don't know, man. It just seems like he's not getting a grip of it. And then Lando's having the best season he's ever had so far this year. So it just exasperates everything. I. It's it's strange. We, we talked about this coming into the race that Monaco, and after we said it, of course, everybody started talking about it, that Daniel Ricciardo, his most points have come in Monaco, that he's a very good driver there, one of the best on the grid, but we just didn't see it this weekend. I don't know what's up because we saw the results from Lando. Yeah, and the car went well. It wasn't like the car didn't go well. Maybe he's just distracted. I don't know. I mean, it's a bit, of, and it's also tough because, I mean, anytime that he has gone to a new team, his teammate has done a little bit better than him, but not by far. Like Nico Hulkenberg didn't didn't trounce him at the beginning of the season when he was with Renault, and then he took you know he took he got a hold of everything and was just beating him. Same thing with Ocon. I mean, but. This season, it's like it's almost like what he did uh, when he joined um, Red Bull with Vettel. He joined Red Bull and he just came out guns a blazing and beat Vettel by a lot during that season. Then obviously Vettel went to Ferrari the next year, um, but I don't know. He just he has never had a teammate do that well against him. Well, maybe Max, but he handled that well. 
he, so I don't know. It, it wasn't even that far. Max wasn't that far ahead. He wasn't. Okay. No, it wasn't. I mean, he wasn't that far ahead. And then they traded a few seasons where he Go beat Max and, and Max beat him, but that was more reliability issues. So you can't really say, you can't really say who was better than who. Obviously, Red Bull picked Max because he's the future. He's younger, and he's they've, he's obviously shown why he's why they picked him. I don't know, man. It's just, like I said, it's hard to explain because he can't even explain it. So it's, I just hope it gets better. Yeah. It's uh We situation. know that he can be better. So Yeah, that's what we, we're expecting that from him. We're expecting mm -hmm. him to to get at that pace that we know he could do. And he'll be there. Let's see. Hopefully in Baku. Yeah. Just turns around I think it'll come around. But I, you know, I hope he just could go skinny dipping in Monaco or something <laughs> to get all the bad mojo off of him and stuff like that and just come back. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of maybe not skinny dipping, but people that <laughs> walk off the off the track onto their yacht to party after they crash, mm -hmm. uh, Alfa Romeo, the two Alfa Romeos, they were in the mix. They um they both looked handy around Monaco. Uh, in particular, Antonio Giovinazzi ended up qualifying tenth. Um, so we talked about Daniel Ricciardo, right? Kimi Raikkonen was less. Kimi Raikkonen was five one hundredths of a second down uh, from um, Ricardo, and Antonio Giovinazzi outqualified Ricardo, who was supposed to. We all expected to do much better. What do you guys think? Is it a function of the the track? Is it a function? So this is not the first time we talk about Alfa Romeo getting better. Are they just overall starting to come around? I don't think so. I think it's um, obviously they've gotten better. They've gotten better than last year. Last year they were running, you know, with Haas at the back of the back of the grid. Haas and Williams, I should say, on the back of the grid. They've they're 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 right at the end, you know they're knocking at the door of getting into points. You know they're like at the end of the midfield pack. So, so is that the car or drivers' experience? Uh, listen, uh, what I notice about um. Because Monaco is, you can't really make take any any conclusions on Monaco because Monaco is such an offlier track, man. It's just, you know, this was for example, let's let's put it this way: this was Max Verstappen was the fastest person to go around this track ever at the average speed, and it was only ninety miles per hour. The average. The average speed. So. For you to, I, I think that the best thing that you can do is you have a good package, arrow package, downforce. And chassis. And chassis, you're going to go well around Monaco. And Alfa Romeo has been one of the teams that have been very innovative as far as what they do with their arrow. Obviously, they're not very good in, you know, high, you know, high speed corners or down straights. But as far as like low speed corners, they've always been decent. So. You know, and this off and on. So I don't. I wouldn't conclude that they're that they've gotten better. I think we got to wait and see. But have they gotten better? Yes. But to the point where they're fighting for points every single race. I don't know. I don't think so. Or qualifying into Q three. I don't think so. I think the gains that they've gained this year has been because of the engine. The engine change benefited them a lot. Mm -hmm. But you know, I have to agree with Yancy. They're they're not going to be you know fighting. For points every every week, they're not at the level of Atari. You could say that, you know, Alphatari. No, absolutely not. So, and that's what you want them to be. You want them to be mm -hmm. around that level. That's what they need to be. I think. That, I think, I think, I think, I think that's what they should be. Mm -hmm. 
I think they're they're more fighting with like Aston Martin, but they're still behind Aston Martin. Yeah. So. This year. This year, yeah. Because Aston Martin, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, like I said, they're they're very. If you see their cars, very unique as far as their arrow and what they do. They go their own way. They go their own way. It works for them sometimes. It doesn't work for them. But I think this was just one of the weekends that it worked for them. So it's a benefit. It's a hinder sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it hurts them. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's probably what do you say, draggy. What? I don't know. I think I think because Monaco is such an outlier, it's hard to really extrapolate any kind of real data out of it. Um, you're going to obviously be in situations where you're like in Hungary, Singapore, and then that's pretty much it. Like as far as you'll be able to say, okay, these cars will be better, uh, better. They'll handle better around the track, but like you're not really going to get anything. So, okay, so Alfa Romeo is going to be better at Hungary and Singapore than we expect them to. Okay, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like what what Williams is saying that they're only going to be good at certain tracks. We don't know what tracks they're going to be. Good at. <laughs> <laughs> They'll tell That's you at the end said. of the season. Yeah, exactly. We'll see. <laughs> So, probably the biggest shocker of qualifying and of the weekend, Lewis Hamilton, just nowhere. Completely just out of sight, out of mind. His Q3 time, 111.095, was slower than Valtteri Bottas' Q1 time of 110.938. What happened? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Well... What we do know happened. The cooler temperatures during that day that couldn't turn on the tires. We know that um, the Mercedes car is not good when they can't turn the tires on, meaning when they can't warm up the tires well. And if you have no grip around Monaco, it's pretty tough to get around there. Even with, even the, even when they were using the the softest tire, because this is the first race all year where they have used the C5 compound which is the softest tire mm-hmm. and that's always that's always the case the, the minute that we go to Monaco they always introduce remember when they had like the hypersoft yep. and that, but, that's when they, that's what they introduced them but that was the reason why they just couldn't turn the tires on they couldn't get enough grip um i i don't know what was happening with lewis because obviously Valtteri Bottas was able to qualify way ahead of him yeah so I don't know, man. I, I guess he he just had an off weekend, and he has that every once in a while, and 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 obviously, this is not his best track. It's this is definitely not a Mercedes track. It's not a track that Lewis Hamilton historically has done well. I think he's won two times here. I don't recall two or three times he's won. Um, but and we'll look that up. But yeah, it's not his best track, and he every once in a while he does throw up one of these weekends, and then he pops up next weekend and is like lights out. So I wouldn't worry about it. It just well, it sucks for them, but it's good for us because the tables have turned. I think this weekend, pretty much, he was he created doubts on him on how. How the handling of the car was, you know, obviously because of cooling, you know, not getting the tires to fire up, but having been able, you know, have not, he was having such a hard time to pull like a fast lap and really do it cleanly because mm-hmm. he was going a lot in the runoff and stuff, like that, especially coming out of the tunnel, which mm-hmm. is the highest speed, you know, the highest, there's the area which you could say you come up with, with the highest speed. So I think that created 
some kind of res- not resistance, but like maybe should I, shouldn't I, shouldn't I? You know, like a little a small, that small margin of doubt of him throwing the car all over the place. Yeah, which he never yeah. has. Exactly. Right. And remember also, Mercedes has, I think, the biggest car in Monaco. Which the is longest wheelbase. Yeah. yeah. So there is no room for that. Right. There's no room for. Oh, am I going to slip in this turn? Am I, is the car really going to be there? Mm-hmm. So you have to always, especially around the pool area and stuff like that. You, you cannot miss those turns. Right. Do you think that they're still struggling with their aero package? Not, not, and by struggling with their aero package, I just mean like the lo, uh, the low rate versus high rate concept and and yeah, kind that's of the still change. not hundred percent settled down for them yet. You know. Yeah, but I don't think that's a, that was an issue this weekend because you saw Bottas qualifying up in the top three could have gone he was also he was one of those drivers that thought that he could get pole and Vettel had a great weekend Uh, Aston Martin had a great weekend those are the only two cars that um that uh that have that run that low rate concept and by the way before you say anything Lewis Hamilton has won three times 2008 2016 2019 in Monaco Fernando Alonso twice Sebastian Vettel twice Mm -hmm. for the other active drivers so the thing I was going to say was because you mentioned the tires Mm-hmm. I think I was more comfortable with the colors of the tires, you know, purple and blah blah stuff. Then having just the, <laughs> no, be, you know what it is. <laughs> you guys oh, laugh, man. but you came out of left field with that. No, because you were, mentioned, you were mentioned the tires earlier, yeah, and that you. was throughout the whole weekend. That was my confusion because when they start talking about the tires, mm-hmm. so the hardest compound this weekend was the softest compound in last, you know, Barcelona. Yeah. So I'm like, so why is it white? So remember they no, have I know they're different tires. Yeah, but but they still. You know, they made it into three colors. So I think that also creates some kind of confusion for us to have a, a down-packed idea, idea well, of what's really being used. Oh, yeah, so we changed. What was the red one last week? And it's not the white one. What was, you know, like, what was the yellow one last week? So what you're saying is basically by simplifying, by the attempt to simplify made it even more difficult now? For me, at least, Even yeah. though we've done it, for, we, was it the second year that they're doing this? Yeah. For me, this past weekend was super confusing when it, when they started when they went into detail of how in Barcelona the softest tire is now the hardest tire this weekend. So okay, so where this freaking new red one came out from, and how come it's still red? You know, that's what yeah. I put, right away. That's yeah. how I went to it. And how come it's still red? How come it's not magenta so, or something? I get it. You but preferred the rainbow for the for the for the casual fan. It's a little easier. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's... no, it's just like okay. So this even for a casual fan, like, okay, so. This white one was a red one that ran last. No, year? they, yeah, they wouldn't like, even think about that though. So for for example, like if you saw if you saw how the race panned out though, everybody went to the to the hardest tire, to the hard tire, mm-hmm. and everybody struggled. Hard tire this weekend. This weekend, it's not the hardest which tire. Which is the C three, well, yeah, C three. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> which is the C three. But everybody struggled with that tire when they got it on because there was it wasn't hot enough, and they just couldn't get it up to temperature. And even when they did, it wasn't even fast. I think the guy that used it the most was Stroll this weekend, and he still he was not an stellar driver this weekend. Yeah, he was he was having problems too keeping them up. Yeah, exactly. So that's Lewis Hamilton's qualifying, which Mm -hmm. was not not pretty. The team that was the most surprising for all of us, Ferrari. Where did that pace come from? We ended up seeing Charles Leclerc. Come out in, well, uh, wait, obviously we'll talk about this whole thing now, but Charles Leclerc ends up in pole position. Carlos Sainz ends up in fourth. Go ahead, Jens. Charlie! He got pole. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly what. Exactly. Right, Wills. Uh, 
Yo, Boom. That is exactly what happened to me. I was so happy when he put in that lap. And then, and then all of a sudden, Boom. I see the I'm like, It's like what? the, do- the like, Doc what? Rivers gift. <laughs> Dude, ahead, Yancy. dude, I was here. I, I was here. I was watching the race. I mean, watching qualifying, and I was so happy because I, obviously, they were going well. But it was by, and then, was, and then, oh, I, don't know, man. I can't even explain it. Cause I was super happy about it. Obviously, you don't. I, you come into the weekend, you expect Ferrari to do well, but you don't expect them to be that good. You saw, you know, I think we we went we went by practice, but when we saw those FP two times. We were like, wait, Ferrari won two, FP two, like in Monaco. In really? the predictions, did any of us say anything Ferrari to be that high? No, no. I, I called for Leclerc I mean, to be third in the race. And yeah, to- I thought he was gonna be fourth. And I said, hey, he's never had a good weekend here, and he did. You, yeah. And, and <laughs> uh, he did have a good. Curse. All he had to do was just not do that. Not I, think, I think it's uh, it, it, it's progressive. Like he's done better every time. <laughs> maybe next year he'll do a lot so better. So next year he's only what? He's definitely maybe, gonna be a podium. No, next year, next year, next year maybe he'll, actually, he'll finish the race. Maybe no. he'll start the race. Well, he has or to. Next year he's gonna actually park the car instead of crashing it. He's never finished a race in Monaco, even in the lower categories. That's ridiculous. Never. That's ridiculous. Because he was the one that got crashed too when, when the Toro Rosso back then lost the brakes. He got crashed behind. No, that was. Oh yeah, you're right. Yes, going the into Harvey, the yes. into the swimming pool chicane, yep. right? Yeah. No, no, after the tunnel. After, after the, the tunnel, yeah. 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 The, 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 the tunnel. Toro Rosso lost and the brakes, and, and, and they went through the runoff. Yep. Yeah, so <laughs> you see, I got a little, little flashback with, like that. That's when he was with uh, with Alfa Romeo. With Alfa Romeo, yeah. yeah. Wow. So even back then, not, not no. And then the next year, which was 2019, he he did cradle some crazy overtakes because they he Ferrari for messed it up for him in qualifying, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he wound up crashing out too. So it's just I don't know, man. But but did he crash on purpose, yes? No, he didn't. Wellington, what do you say no. to us then? No. no, I think he. Was he on the fastest lap again? Yes. He he was. I don't think he was on, gonna be on the fastest lap, but he was on a fast lap. He was on, a, on the second run, the second qualifying lap. He he would he. I think he, he would have beaten his current time because he had greens. I think. Yeah. So coming off of the swimming pool chicane, he crashes the front right side into the bumpers. Just stunted. Just. I he just know. turned. I think Latifi already. did that as well, no? Yes. Yes. That's the same spot. And, and if you watch, Max did that a couple of years ago too. Yeah. yeah. If if you watch if you watch every driver going through that corner, they either hug it see them, or do it too. Yeah. Much. They 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 have to hug it because especially in qualifying, so it just seems like he just turned in too early. It was just a misjudgment. He hit the curb, and then once you hit that curb, obviously his wheel was off. He's a passenger, so when when you hit. The other curb on the opposite side, because obviously it's car a jumps, chicane, huh? car jumps, and it goes into the yep. barrier on the right side. You know, Nico Rosberg, he saw the Latifi crash. Before it even came up on a replay, he was like, oh, he hit the bumper, he caught too much air, and hit the and hit the wall. That's for sure what happened. You know, for sure, for sure. For sure. So he <laughs> nailed it. And it was this, it's exactly he what Yancy was talking know, about. Let me tell you something. Nico Rosberg always. That's a lot of knowledge. This dude knows what he's talking about. I think he is probably, yeah, he's definitely one of the most underrated drivers ever. He should take over for Brundle. And he, when Brundle yeah, retires. when Brundle retires, but he because I don't think Brundle's done yet. Brundle's good. He's I still, love Brundle. but his, he still impresses me. But his every insight, weekend. I mean, if you it's can just, just ignore the for sure all the time, <laughs> the for sure, it's really unbelievable. It's 
pretty cool, man. For sure. For yeah. sure. For sure. For sure. So, all right. So that's Charlotte. I guess we'll talk about it going into the race. But that's Charlotte Claire as far as qualifying, pole position, unbelievable lap. It's a, I, so I got to say, I think that. And to think that you had two other people that were on pretty good laps as well in Bottas and Max to challenge that lap. Cause, and, and Max was on all or, purples. And, and Sainz was, Sainz yeah. was Sainz going was all, too. Yeah, I mean, he was on all purples. Ma- yeah, Max was, he was so, in that first sector, Brundle was like, holy, I think it was like an 18-4. And he was just, Brundle was like, this is going to be it. And then, and then we had reflex. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So that was Charlotte Claire. Now we have to do the... Uh, Look at what's he mean tune on everything. <laughs> There's a reason why his hat is red. Uh no. So listen, we, <laughs> yeah. no, we talked about we talked about the Ferrari car. We talked about other drivers moving into the teams. Carlos Sainz, as 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 we talked about earlier, has just done such a tremendous job of getting adapted to that car. Better than Danny Ricardo, Sergio Perez, Sebastian Vettel. Is this the last podium that we see for him this year? I think it's the first of many to come. This year? He's, this year? No, no. He. We got to see, see next uh, on the next race in Baku the pace of the car. Because obviously, you know, it's tough to judge anything that was done in Monaco. Because Monaco is such a, a limited on anything, everything. Obviously, if you have good arrow, you're going to do good in Monaco. But speed is it really a factor here. Not really. You know, it's... It's just this is you could say it's a a challenging track for the drivers, and we have we always known that Carlos Sainz is a very good driver, and he showed this weekend. And he gets better and better every year. Um, it's just I'll tell you what he's, he's just catching. He he's Ferrari. He's a, he absorbs all this energy everywhere he goes. Yeah, for, for, yeah, it, because it, he just keeps getting better and better. He went, you know, he went from Toro Rosso. He went to. Renault. Renault. Mm-hmm. And then from Renault, he went to McLaren. McLaren. Yeah, you know, and he, every, everything he's gone to. Obviously, McLaren was the best one of the you know out of the teams that we had before. So he was already showing. He was always there. You know, four fifth, four fifth, four fifth. And he was. always has a positive influence on the team. Yep. I think that, that he's that always is, left the team better off. Yes, and yeah. and I think that he's definitely doing the same thing at Ferrari, which was which is why I thought it was a very good signing by. Um, I think he's only missing the, the, the little bond that he had with Lando. He's missing a Ferrari, though. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, but um, but here's the thing with Ferrari. Ferrari, obviously, and and just looking at the interview, just hearing Leclerc after qualifying, he doesn't expect the car to do as well as it did in any on any other tracks because obviously it was a surprise to them. Now, are they always there or thereabouts where if something happens ahead, say? Hamilton has a bad weekend, or he crashes out, or Bottas crashes out, or one of the Red Bulls, something happens to one of the Red Bulls. Yes, they can be in contention for a podium because they are, I would say, the what, the fourth best car on the grid right now mm-hmm. behind McLaren. So you know, we would put Mercedes, the Red, well, we would put Red Bull, Mercedes close, and then you have uh, McLaren and Ferrari. Now, the two tracks that I am looking at where they can be competitive if they can keep this up would be Singapore and Hungary. Singapore. Singapore. Yes. Okay. So those tracks, if 
if their car runs well as it as good as it did here in Monaco, those would be the two tracks left on the calendar where you can say that Ferrari definitely has a chance to podium. I wouldn't say win the race, but they have a chance to podium, but they do have an outside chance to win. Those are the only two ones that I see. Other than that, it would be something that happens ahead, and they would take it But something's always going to happen. I mean, think about it. Max hasn't had a DNF all year so far. And those two tracks he mentioned are not the easiest track in the world to go into either. No. Uh, but they've shown that they've I mean they've shown that they're very good at low speed corners. They're sector three times in Barcelona, showed that obviously in Monaco they showed that Do the they have the floppy wind too or no? <laughs> they do. They do have it. Okay. They do and they admitted it. So that's something that um obviously oh well maybe they'll run well in Baku. Because <laughs> they have but they did they did admit it that yes, and they're gonna have to short they're gonna have to spend some time in short and like Stiffening up that rear wing because they're you know so obviously by saying that they're already admitting that they're probably over, over because it. it's a loophole in the in the in the regulations and obviously this is what all these teams do yeah yeah when they you push have the boundaries. when when you you push the boundaries and you get away with you can when you get away with what you can get away with. cheating engine if you're not cheating you're not trying right yeah that's, that's what, what they say. say we're Dominican right so we know no. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Do we see, um, I don't know, who comes out ahead at the end of the year? Leclerc or Sainz? Leclerc. Points-wise. Leclerc. Leclerc. Okay. I, listen, Sainz is there or thereabouts. Are there going to be some weekends that he beats Leclerc? Yeah, he's already done it. I don't see why not, but. This weekend could have been one of them. But Leclerc. Well, he did beat him this yeah, weekend. Yeah, but Leclerc. No, no, I'm talking about qualifying? as far as like talking, the qualifying. Yeah, yeah, as far, I mean. Like his, real pace, real. His, his uh, Leclerc's one lap pace. Is incredible in his way ahead of science. But that lap that science was doing. The science is close, but I don't think he's better than Leclerc. Right, so if you need race. one lap from any driver on the grid, Leclerc is inching closer and closer to the top for me. Yeah, well, he might be the yeah. top. Well, rem- remember remember the question that I posed to you guys last weekend when Hamilton won the you know his 100th pole. Who of the young guys would be the one to contend for that record? And I would start saying that Leclerc is. I don't think anybody up there. I don't think they'll There's get just it. Just too just many saying, other good. I'm just talking about who would be the best qualifier yeah. out of all the young guns. You would would have to put Leclerc up there because he's already had eight pole positions. Okay. Yeah. Not so, the it was the engine didn't help though. Okay. So speaking of Leclerc, dude, you're in the car. You're in the car. You still got to get it. The race itself. Prior to the start of the race, Yancy, if you could please explain what happened from qual- from the crash to the morning of the race. <laughs> Yo, you nailed it! You nailed it! I gotta get one right. <laughs> oh man, Yancy! I mean, Ruben, give yourself a round of applause. Right there. <laughs> Oh, my God. Nailed it. Uh, Walk us through it, Yancy. Okay. So, obviously, Leclerc. Welcome back, right? Yes. (laughs) Um, On Saturday, uh, Leclerc obviously turned in too early, bumped into the guardrail. Uh, He went off the curb and went into the wall. His front right. That's what's the the blunt of the damage. Yeah. Front right went into the wall, damaging his front wing and front suspension. Now, what happens? You go in. Absorbs the thing, and then the back went into the wall too. 
So obviously you have some of the you have when the when the car, the back of the car hits the barrier, what you're worried about is if your gearbox is messed up. Now why? obviously, huh? Why? Because the beer, the the gearbox is back there. That's the transmission. No, no, but change why, why are you worried about that? Because if you have to but, switch out oh. the gearbox after you're in park yeah. for May or any part, it, you it's take a penalty. penalty. Yeah, yeah. Because, that's what I because the gearbox has to run for a certain amount of race. Correct. If you change it at all, then you're getting a penalty. Yep. It doesn't matter what it is. Yes. No. No. no at that time, at that part of the race, that, he, that that level of the race that we're in. Yes. Yes, in part for May, but also yes, the gearbox has to run for a certain amount of races before you could swap it out. You get three for a year, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So you can swap those out between the two. No, it has to. You have to run it. You have for, to run we, have to, we have to look deeper into that too. For like yeah, but you have to run it for a certain amount of races. If you yeah, change it. That's part of the cost cutting then measures you get, then that you were get introduced a, last year. Yeah, then you get a five place grid penalty. So Ferrari checked it that the day, gearbox. that night. It said it doesn't appear. It doesn't appear to. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're in park from it, so they can't really go in into detail. And now, when you're in Park Ferme also, you can only change parts that are damaged by the crash. So you can't so, change anything I'm sorry, else. let's back up here. What is Park Ferme? Park Ferme. Park Ferme. Is that a parking park lot? Ferme, no. That's what it sounds like, though. Park Ferme is... You know, the car goes into Park Ferme right before qualifying, meaning that you cannot change Touch. anything on the car... You can't change any parts. You can't change nothing. The only thing... You can't even change the setup. That's what practice is for. Practice is for you to figure out what the setup is for the car. You can't touch Choose it anything. Choose it and keep going. And that's it. So once you're in that phase, there's only certain things that you can change, but that's only if you get into an accident or if the part is not working. Now, when you go into... Let's say if something happens in qualifying, mm -hmm. it's what they call like for like. You have to change parts like for like. So every part that you change... Can't be a different specification. Has to be the same specification as you went into Park Fermi. And if you damage anything, you could only change the parts that are damaged. damaged. So Ferrari went through their inspection. They said the gearbox is fine. Is fine. Boom. They had to change everything on the on basically the on the on the on the right side of the car because that's what hit the thing. Now when they went through their inspection, well they went to the grid. Let me let me just go. They went up to the grid. They went. They did their their installation laps, and obviously Leclerc. There was a problem with the car. They thought it was the gearbox. Leclerc thought it was the gearbox because obviously that's what they're worried about. That's what everybody's talking about. That's what everybody thought it was. Right and away, that's what everybody thought it was. Now, with further inspection, it was the drive shaft, which is basically the rod that transfers the power from the engine to the wheels. The left side drive shaft, the, the opposite side of the car. Not the one that hit it. Yeah, yeah. So Ferrari obviously did not check that side of the car because there was no damage on that side of the car. So when they finally would, ran it... Would, they, would the FIA allow them to check that side? Yes, they can if they want to. But, but they just have no, to... If no. there's no visual damage, they can't change the part. No. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing. You have to check it, but they didn't even check it. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So you know what I'm saying? You can up. check it. You can see it. And you can say you can say, "Oh, Mr. FIA, I don't know who the hell it would be." Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mr. FIA, listen, this is damage. Talk to me. Yeah. Like, look, we're missing a gear on this the, thing. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. The the drive shaft is broken, uh, but they never even checked it. So yeah. maybe, and then we don't even know if they maybe even would have looked at it that it would have been damaged because obviously when things start moving, that's when things start getting messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was the issue. Now, Ferrari has come out. They've said that 
yes, it was because of the, the crash yep. that that it was damaged, but it, it was nothing to do with the gearbox. The gearbox is fine. They'll probably use it in Baku, but it was a drive shaft that went dead. Obviously, it broke, and they never checked it. So now they're gonna have to do when something like that happens. I'm pretty sure this is how we all learn our lessons, right? We have to learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. We have to do more thorough inspections to make sure that everything is correct so something like this doesn't happen and you don't lose out an opportunity to win the Monaco Grand Prix. Mm. Mm. And Double potentially podium? get a 1-3. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. So that is what happened. It's completely heartbreaking because Leclerc drove his arse off arse. this weekend. I thought that was Boras. He had a he had a great. I mean, obviously he had that that qualifying lap was was special, mm -hmm. and uh, definitely deserved the pull. I don't think he did anything on purpose. Um, but and then in his home race, everybody's cheering for him. You know, starting on pole, obviously it's you know it would have been hard to keep. I wasn't cheering for him. Well, of course you weren't, hater. But um, it, obviously the the Red Bulls are faster, but it's super hard to overtake in Monaco and there's really two corners where you really have to defend which would be that 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 chicane coming out of the tunnel turn 10 and maybe turn one going up the hill on Beau Ravage so if you know how to place the car it's not really hard to defend and, and we have seen Leclerc race before would it have been possible yes can Max overtake him yes but it would have been a better race I think if Leclerc if you had a slower car up ahead of a faster car would have been a better race, would have been a little bit more dramatic, and you would have... Enough, honestly. Exactly. But could have, should have, would have. It is what it is. We have to wait till now, 2022 to see if he's able to get on pole again. Because I, I think if he's in front, he will win the race. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Unless, I, you know, the, they flop the strategy, like, you know. Listen, I... I they did for Ricardo in 16. Yep, yeah. exactly. I mean, and, and we saw it. You can lose a third of your power. And, and still, still win the race. With Ricardo, to, it was in 2019, yeah. Ricardo won that race. He happened to uh, Ham in 2015, too. But he did it to himself. Hamilton. No, it wasn't 20. Uh, well, Ricardo was 2018. Hamilton was 2019. Well, no, the incident I'm referring to in Hamilton was 2015, where there was the first ever virtual safety car in Monaco. Yes. And then it led to a safety car. He saw on the screen movement in the pit, so he, had, he thought Rosper had pitted. Or the guys behind him had pitted, so he thought he was going to lose speed. Over the radio, he told, you know, I guess the engineer that he wanted these tires are not going to be well because he thought it, nobody communicated to him that no, these guys, I'm not pitted. Why, why would you want to pit? Right. So by the time he pitted, the safe, you know, he was by the time he was around the pools, he he caught up to safety car, so he had to slow down while everybody else is playing catch up. Mm. So by the time he made it to the pits, he's done. He was already Ross was already there. So when he came out, Ross was in front of him. He's like <laughs> the same thing as this weekend. What happened, what, guys? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so as a result of the whole Leclerc drama, first position, pole position was empty. Then we had Max, Valtteri Bottas, Carlos Sainz, Lando Norris, Pierre Gasly, Lewis Hamilton in seventh, Sebastian Vettel eighth, Sergio Perez ninth, and Antonio Giovinazzi tenth, the Bergamo bullet. So the race director decided to leave that spot open. They did not want to. No, that that's the rule. No, no, I, I, I don't know. I'm saying at that mm -hmm. moment, because I believe Horner asked him, and he said, no, we just... Yeah, yeah. Stay, that's the, there position. would have been a lot of things to change. Of course. Pitbull, there was a lot of confusion, A whole too. bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's not worth it. They could have just put me there, but... Um, we got a picture there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's the Ferrari bad luck, and then there's the Mercedes bad luck. So 
Max Verstappen takes the first corner. He's just out. Controls the race. That's it. Pretty much leads him to the promised land. He ends up winning the race. Valtteri Boras, who was actually threatening right in front at the start of the race. What? No, I got something. I saw um, I saw today. I don't, I don't know what I saw, but I saw the picture of where it looked like Max was off the line. Obviously, because he was a little crooked. Is it to start off to be like, do you have to have both wheels out of out of whack to start that way and to get the violation of you know? What you're talking about when when he went and he went in at an angle? Yeah, he had like an angle. Right All you gotta do is be in that box. Gotcha. Okay, okay. That's it. All you have to do is be in that box. And I've seen him do it a lot. He's not the only one that's no, done he's that not the only one. That's I've seen it done many times. No, people but, were looking for yeah a similar. Yeah. penalty as Pierre Gasly got in Barcelona for mm-hmm. just doing that. No, but he did that purpose, obviously, because of the, he wanted to cover Yeah, to off, cover, to cover. Which is, why, which is why Red Bull asked to see what was going to happen. He was on the dirty side of the track. Um, less grip. He just had to make sure that he got ahead. He got a, he did get a better start than Botas. Even though Botas did. I don't did, think so. No. Botas got a better, better start, yeah. yeah. But it was just he just launched all the way up there and like Botas yeah. had nowhere to go. Well, I mean, th- that was the thing is that he just closed them off. And the way that corner works is that obviously it's da- it's down the straight, but then it, it closes off on the, on yep. the right-hand side. Yeah, on the right-hand side yes. it closes off, so you have to kind of go right and then into the, le- into the, into the right-hand corner. Into Otherwise, the- you won't make the turn. Well, you have to go in like a little bit left and then go right. I yeah. Say. Yeah. Right, because now the cars are so big, you won't make the turn if you turn yeah, right. Right, you have to. You know, mm-hmm. a typical turn. So Baras was—he never really got caught up to wherever Stappen was. He was not ever really threatening. But when he went to pit, let me bring up the pit graphic. When he went into pit, uh, he went into pit lap. I don't even have the number. Don't even say it. Lap twenty-nine. He went into pit. The front right wheel nut. Front right, yeah. Front right wheel nut completely stripped. It's happened to me with my, you know, power tools at home <laughs> with screws. But so strong. With a regular screwdriver. Yeah. 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 That's me. Just turn it. Like, what's that? <laughs> Stop uh, turning. Yeah. This guy has like the worst luck with all the pit stops. Is it just me or like every race he gets like a slow pit stop or something happens? He just has bad luck and. Total. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just like the bad things always happen to him. How much do you think is, is a Formula One car like worth more or less? Like you know, the price price tag on a Formula One. Let's say like I don't know, five million dollars, right? Let's Probably say for like example. Four, so more than that, but okay. As that was happening, I told my girl, "Babe, come in." She's like, "What happened?" Like, I know you don't like to watch it, but look at just happened to this guy. She said, "What happened?" Like, this car is worth millions of dollars, and just because that little nut would not get loose or it was stripped, he's out of the race. And she even felt bad for Botic. Oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Rumor has it it's still there. It's yeah, still stuck. No, it is. Still Rumor there. has it. It's still there. They're going to take it back to Brackley and they got to slice it open. Oh my God. So this guy is just bad luck. Bad luck bought us. The, the, the slow mo that you sent earlier was crazy. Did you see all the like yeah. the, uh, the metal bits just, just flying off? off. Flying yes. off? That's insane. That's how it's like when I'm at the gym. The metal bits <laughs> just fly off. <laughs> Everyone around him flights out. <laughs> so as a result, Boras uh, DNF, and then we also had Lewis Hamilton finishing seventh. What a great weekend for Red Bull overall. Who ended up having a first and a fourth. We'll get to that actually. And here's where we'll get to it. The overcut. How powerful was that overcut this weekend? It always is. Monaco. Uh, is for it? the most part, yeah. I mean, if you. Um, Especially since Mercedes 
couldn't execute it. Yeah, it, it always is. I remember Vettel won an overcut. He he won in twenty seventeen over uh, Raikkonen. Over Raikkonen. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of teams employ it over the years, and it just over. It works really well. And look, if you can pull it off. Twenty seventeen, he worked for Vettel, obviously to win the race, but it worked. Perfectly for him this weekend too as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So that leads me into exactly what I was going to say. Sebastian Vettel, driver of the day. Fantastic. Fantastic strategy from Aston. Or was it just, okay, this is just the strategy we're doing. And you have to execute. Well, if it works, do, it's great. Do you think they went that way because you worked for Gasly so well? What worked for Gasly? The, the strategy, you know, because Hamilton was not able to to do it. I think Hamilton just had other problems. He could not get around the track quickly enough to make his attempted undercut work. Mm-hmm. If it was, he didn't have the grip. It just, it was just. He, he was just. just he was just not himself. Yeah, he was just he not just, fast. He enough. just wasn't fast enough. I even got phone calls about it. What happened to Mercedes? <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, if you're if you're looking at, if you he's look, that one percent Mercedes owner. There you go. If you if you're looking at the type of cars that you're overtaking, you 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 are. I think it was it was a Toro Rosso, an Aston Martin, wasn't that? An Alfa. I'm sorry. Alfa Tari, not Toro Rosso. Uh, sorry. Alfa I think there was another car in the mix. But anyways. Paris. Paris. All right. So, I mean, the only car there that it's really as fast as that Mercedes is the Red Bull. And he got beat by an Alfa and an Aston Martin. All right. So, so let's actually go through. fast enough. Yeah. What ended up happening was... Lewis Hamilton goes into pit. He went into pit on lap 29 as well. Goes into pit, helps to perform an undercut on Gasly, who was actually ahead of him. Pierre Gasly pits the following lap and actually comes out ahead of Lewis Hamilton still. Obviously, Lewis Hamilton comes up over the radio. What happened, guys? What's going on? Clearly not my Why fault. Why is he still in front of me? You guys You're just slow, had a bad... Dude. Yeah. You're slow. So from there... Vettel puts in a fast lap, and he, with the undercut, he overtakes both Lewis Hamilton and Pierre Gasly in what was move of the year that we nobody saw because the TV yeah. director cut away. <laughs> Not only that, but then cut away on the replay. <laughs> oh my god! Even, even I the, think he went on a replay to show Stroll. Pin. Yeah, no, to show Stroll hidden, like you know, bumping off the barrel a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> even the, the comments are like, "Okay, what is happening? What is happening?" <laughs> I think Crafty was like, "Okay, what is happening? What is happening?" <laughs> oh no! The TV director cut away. <laughs> By the way, please. The t- the, That's the, for the TV director. The TV, he should get fired. The TV director wasn't an F one employee. It's no, I know. Yeah, it's a Monogas. Monica, the, was it the Automobile Club of Monaco? Mm-hmm. They, they're they're, the, was, they're the ones that handle that. That was terrible. That was so bad. But that overtake was crazy. I'm just just the, so they were flying up, up Beau Rivage yep. up yes. the hill. And Pierre Gasly said, "If the car is two meters wide, Sebastian left, Vettel left me two meters and two centimeters <laughs> to make the car work." That. Move, that the, was like, move of the year. That was like a game of chicken. It's like, yeah. who's going to back off first? Yeah. Yeah. So Sebastian Vettel, driver of the day, ends up finishing fifth. We talked about the overcut a little bit. And the other, we should have expected this, right? Sergio Perez executes the overcut of all overcuts to overtake Hamilton, Gasly, and Vettel. Wow. Incredible. In, through the pits or whatever. 
he because he lasted the longest on his well not the longest but the longest of the top runners on the first stint he made it to lap 35 Verstappen pit it on lap 34 built-in traffic yeah built track traction control he was in free air and was able to just it was at what point fly. he was leading the race too on that yeah platform. and it was the fastest car this weekend so the, the rebel yeah the only man the only thing that i would have liked to see they would not have done it because they didn't want to compromise uh they didn't want to compromise Max's race, but what I would have really liked to see is just leave Perez out there and see if he could overtake, like a Lando or a Sainz, just by being. Maybe they were just too I'm far out about in front. on track. Not not on no, track. No, so making up the time. Making oh. up the time with the overcut. Gotcha. Because he worked so well for him that it's almost you. You have to say how they do it. You know how, how he started what like uh, he started ninth, ninth, and he got up to fourth. That's he got a up recovery to fourth. drive. In Monaco. He always does, by the way. He yeah. always does very good in recovering. I think he's... Uh, but in Monaco, granted, it's just a place where it's his, not happening. His, in reality, he started... We'll call it seventh because Boras was out and Leclerc was out. Yeah, I mean, his issue... No, bro, Boras was out lap 29. His issue has been what most of the drivers that come into the second seat at Red Bulls is qualifying. Um, well, not most of them, all of them. Uh, that was Gasly's problem and that was definitely Alba's problem. Qualifying. Qualifying. So... Um, I don't know if he gets that right. I think uh, you know Perez is gonna have a good year, but I mean, obviously he's. I think he's still getting acclimated to the car. It's not an easy car to drive. It's definitely easier than last season, but he just has to get that right. He's he's driving lights out on race day. He always does. He's always yeah. Perez. That's not a that's not a doubt that I think we should have on Perez. He always performs on race day, and I always think he always struggles in, in qualifying. But yeah. he's showing at least that he's better than Gassi and Albon. So <laughs> he's making up those places that he's not getting in the qualifying. I think he'll get better too. Yeah, he will. Mm -hmm. So the, I feel like we've talked about the whole, I guess, uh, the whole grid except for Mando. Mando Norris. This guy has arrived, yeah? Yeah. Dude. Dude. For sure. Yo, dude. Man. He um for sure, hey guys. He has he's pedal to the metal has not stopped. It's not like last season where he started off well and fell off. He's just driving lights out every weekend. You can pencil him in for fourth every single race, at least fourth every single race, even in qualifying, because he's driving out lights out in qualifying, and he's doing his thing during the race. I think his confidence level is also it's like just a, through, the, like, roof. Yeah, it's like through the roof. Through the roof. And the car is just perfectly suited for him. New engine. He's just. Dude, out of most of the drivers, he's the one that looks like he's having fun. Him and signs. And yeah, look yeah. at both of them. They were on the podium. So guess what? We have Azerbaijan next, right? Then it's France. And then it's Austria times two. Remember last year how strong he started in Austria. That's like a track that you know he's going to perform in. We have a real potential for him to. If. The issues continue where come the, the end of second Austria, he's still in third. And and he always drives well in Austria. Yeah. Always. It, Even the time that seven. he got, he there was one race, it was in Austria where he was running sixth, which was at that time for McLaren was just boom, was just the, you know. The podium the, the, was the, also. The best, the best that they can do. And I think in the last race, the engine died or something like that. So, and then, again, it's just, if he doesn't finish well in Austria, it's because 
something's happened to the car reliability issues. It's not because of him. So if he keeps driving at this level, going into Austria, you're looking. I mean, he's he's gonna be up there. He's driving lights out, and he is. Um. He's proving why. Well, he's showing why McLaren signed them up for a multi-year deal, and is the future of that team. I think he will do well in Austria. So I'm not worried about him in Austria. It just he has to keep this flow with you know in back back with the high speed high speed track. So you know we have the Mercedes engine there. So mm-hmm. they, but they're not going to be struggling that much. France is just that's a weird track, so I don't even know how to. It's another high speed track. It's no, I'm saying it's such a weird track with all these freaking colors that like you don't even know <laughs> where the right track is. So you, you can't even judge on anything. <laughs> you looking at <laughs> you look at the shot. You're like, okay, am I looking at a race, a rainbow, a racetrack? What is I'm looking at? So, but France, France is also going to be a good track for him as well. And then if he keeps this momentum up, he will be doing awesome all the way to. Come on, if he gets if he stays third in the constru- you know, in the drivers. Yeah. He's cemented his spot in F one. Yes. He's oh, not yeah. on the, oh, yeah. you know, he's not on the he's you know, you have some drivers at the end of the season you're like, Will he sign? Will he be on the grid? Well, they already signed him to that extension. Well, too. that's what I'm saying, but it's just like but it's one thing if you already signed it to an extension, but as other people but it's another thing if people are wondering if he should be on the grid. There's no doubt about that Lando should be, be on the F one grid. So as a result of this weekend, we now have a new leader in the Drivers' Championship. We have Max Verstappen at 105 points, leading Lewis Hamilton by four points. Lewis Hamilton has 101. Third place is Lando Norris, who we just talked about at 56. Valtteri Bottas is fourth at 47, and Sergio Perez is fifth at 44. And then Charles Leclerc, 40. Carlos Sainz, 38. So it's like once you get past that Lando Norris tier, it just bunches up where it's within nine points you have four different drivers. You just how, by how much Hamilton and, and Max are out. Well, awesome season. Man. It's I, I'm I'm nervous because like I said, Baku, France, then uh, Austria times two. So we're gonna we know that the Red Bull is just killer at Austria mm-hmm. unless something happens. I think. The first race of last year, Max had electrical problems or something like that in his car that he had to retire. But we know that they're going to run well there. Usually the issue, I mean, it, that that could be considered a, a Mercedes track also. Austria? Yeah. But, I mean, the, what, the issue that Mercedes always runs into in Austria is the overheating problems. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I, don't, I don't know. They but, always have issues when it's like high temperature. Do we see... Hamilton and Verstappen keeping it as close as they have been this season. Yeah. Yes. For the I don't next, think, I don't think Hamilton is, is going to tell you what allowed Max to run away with yeah. it. Max has probably been the most consistent driver on the grid the last two seasons. Yes. Aside from Hamilton, but Hamilton's a champ. That's why he wins. The champ is here. So, yeah. and what Mercedes has shown always is that when they have a bad weekend. They always bounce back strong. So, <laughs> I ain't counting them out, but... So, will you say that Monaco was the perfect track to have a bad weekend on? Mm, I don't think there's ever a perfect track. No, what I, what I say is because of the challenge that Monaco brings, and it's not a track that you will say is... No, any points, you, you want to yeah, get any points. Yeah, no, what, what I'm saying is, 
okay, so the lessons to be learned, do you prefer to happen to you, you know, like for example, Abaco or at Monaco, which is a very tough place to get any kind of data? I mean, like I said, Monaco's an outlier. Um, what does that mean? Meaning that everything is different in Monaco. It's just not a regular track. And it's, yeah, it's not the same just, as any other track. And then, but what, what does Red Bull have to do going forward? And how Marco said this and this is in the wind. No, is keep the pressure on. Yeah, because once you put the pressure on, things happen that you can take advantage of. It's like I, w- I was thinking about this when I read that. I was thinking, remember, I don't know what you would know the year when the Giants beat the Patriots. It was uh, they which were one? 2011 or two thousand seven when they were seventeen and zero. I mean, two thousand seven, seventeen and one. But well, it was the seventeen February and one. February two thousand eight. But the strategy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he, knows, he knows. He was. Weren't you there? No, that was the other one. Okay, but you you put the you put the pressure on Tom Brady. He makes mistakes, and you take advantage of it. Same thing. You just got to put the pressure on. And Ham, uh, Red Verstappen, along with the entire Red Bull team, has kept the pressure on Mercedes, and they have shown cracks in their armor in various races already this season, and this one. This race was a total disaster. Yeah, this weekend. So I'm going to go through. I'm going to read the Constructors' Championship. So Red Bull, 149. Mercedes, 148. So one point separating them. Who would have thought Remember that, that was going to happen? McLaren, 80. Race. Ferrari, 78. Bam. We're back. The 90s. Dude. Aston Martin, 19. Thank you, Sebastian Oof. Vettel. Alfa Tari, 18. Alpine, 17. So we're getting a convergence, right? Yes. So remember that Red Bull and Mercedes were one point apart. Max Verstappen on the season, five races, one fastest lap. Lewis Hamilton, two. Valtteri Bottas, two. How much is that fastest lap point? What if no? Yeah. That's what I've always said since they introduced it. If the If the race is close at the end of the season, those points are going to be guess what? Guess what's... And remember, yeah. we have sprint after races. Yep. Right after Austria is Great Britain, which is our first sprint race, which is introducing more championship points. There you go. <laughs> the more chances you got to get points, the better, especially when the racing is close. And obviously, we have uh, we have different groups, but the racing is, is close. Obviously, you have Red Bull and Mercedes. You saw it, 148, 149. Now you have uh, Ferrari, McLaren. Ferrari and McLaren, 78 to 80. Yep. And then you have the next group, which is Aston Martin, AlphaTauri. And Alpine. And Alpine, 19, 19 18, 18, and 17. <laughs> and then you have Alfa Romeo Williams, 1 to 0. <laughs> <laughs> Very binary. Shout out to so, four wheels. Everybody, you know, that those extra points at the end of the season loom large. Mm-hmm. So, Money. Any, and this is why, and this is why sometimes when you get a boring, a boring race, and at the end of the race you see everybody going for the fastest lap, it's fun for us to see. But it's also, I mean, it's important to get the, any point that you can get because you never know where you're going to wind up at the end of the season and what you're going to be needing. So got to get those points. Show this weekend, we have. Yeah. Cool. So that about wraps it up for my little diatribe here. Is there anything else we should bring up, boys? Uh, we're going to talk about this. So this is a bit of a preview for our well done Baku 
Azerbaijan Grand Prix uh, uh, preview is the flexi wing or the bendy wing saga, whatever the hell they want to call it, or <laughs> what we call it, Wingate. Wing. <laughs> <laughs> Wingate. There's been a lot of chatter. We'll talk about that. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that next episode, but uh, we'll get you guys updated on what is going on with that and how it could affect uh, the happenings in Baku. All right. So to that end, guys, if you like what you're listening to, make sure to hit the subscribe button on podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher. We're also on YouTube. Hello. Make sure to hit the like button, subscribe if you uh, are okay. <laughs> if you like what you hear, uh, hit that bell. We are at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and also on Instagram at Jump to Start F1 to make sure that you heard that. Anything else, anything else guys? Yanzi? Peace. See y'all later. See you guys in Baku.